0: Incoming transmission.
1: Engage. Captain's Log Supplemental. We are live for our first video, Trap the Red Alert podcast, with myself, Stuart, and. Natasha. So, we're going to be covering Star Trek Exchange New Worlds for all the Trekkie fans out there. And we were currently on season one, episode three, Ghost of Valyria. And you have something you want to say about that?
0: I've got the synopsis here. So, the USS Enterprise encounters a contagion that ravages the ship. One by one, the entire crew is incapacitated, except for number one, Una Chin Riley, who must now confront a secret she's been hiding as she races to find a cure.
1: So it's an Una-based episode this time. It's from her point of view. Yeah. Um, And we learn a lot about her and her secret.
0: Her big secret, yes, as well. we'll i get to which we'll get to, but, you know, the main themes that I found in this episode, it it dives a lot into, like, prejudice and stereotyping, mm-hmm. you know, and that's something, actually, that Starfleet has been quite bad for, you know, especially with Illyrians as we go into this. I think
1: but, in this timeline, on this time area, yeah, yeah. At
0: this period, yeah, um, at this period in time, I'm sure they ease off as we get further on. but well, I
1: think if you look at Next Generation in DS9 and Voyager it's a bit and the more, later episodes, certainly...
0: Well, with Seven, because remember in Picard, Seven originally is not actually allowed to become a full member of Starfleet because of our Borg origins.
1: Which is silly, because Picard obviously was a Borg and he is responsible Acutis. for <laughs> Wolf 359 I do, to diverge slightly, I think the scene in Picard where Shaw talks about how he first met Captain Picard I love as cute to Borg it was such a, a dark moment and I think the it was really well done and I think that there's that constant things that hangs over Picard and you know we mentioned it on TikTok about he's never going to live down that he against his will was turned into Locutus and then used as a weapon against the Federation and the death of 11,000 souls at War 359 Yeah, it wasn't his fault in any way shape or form but he's never going to be let to forget about it DS9 Cisco. Didn't want him there, didn't like him. You the know, intention. he lost his wife. And yeah, yeah, and then now you're in Picard and they've revisited that theme, which is going to link back to this episode of Ghost of Valeria, but we'll get to that when we get to that. <laughs> Bringing us back to where we were. So, themes of Ghost of Valeria.
0: So, yeah, and. The themes, so we, we dive in as well. This episode, you find a lot around the eugenics wars. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll, we'll go into this as well. But it starts off at Hetemet 9. There's an abandoned Illyrian colony. Mm-hmm. And I actually had a little look online. You know, you got to get those Easter eggs in there. And Illyrians actually first appeared in 2004 in an episode of Enterprise called Damage, but they were a different type of alien. And upon looking on this further, because I was mm-hmm. like, that's not... That's not Una. Una's not one of those guys. Mm -hmm. It's apparently Una is part of the Illyrians that were first introduced in 1988 in the Star Trek novels. Vulcan Glory was the first one. Mm -hmm. So it was funny how they chose... I thought that was an interesting choice to, you know, Illyrians, the fact that there's two different variations on it. I don't know how they're going to... (laughs) Well... Ding dong! It does kind of work
1: because she makes a point during episode which jump on head slightly but because you mentioned it they modify themselves to fit into their surroundings mm-hmm. and so you could have Illyrians that look different in a different planet because they've modified their physical appearance to accommodate their current world they live in versus Una's Good point. version of an Illyrian I don't know enough about the history of the book and the character if they are the same race or not but it could be easily explained if they were to make the canon that they are the same race and Una explains that in this episode when talking to Lan about it. So there you go. Just, uh... <laughs>
0: no, good observation. I never thought of it like that because, you know, when I, I went and done my homework, my Star Trek homework, that I do so proudly every week and I was looking and I seen the clip from the episode mm-hmm. of Enterprise. I was like, that's not the same. That's not the same. So you've come up with a solution how they could get around it. So this episode, we see they're on the abandoned colony. You see the away team. They're all down there and they try and beam up, having a bit of problems.
1: Let's just hold there for a second. Right. How good are the away team jackets?
0: They are awesome. I want one. I want one. I want... <laughs> yeah. You know, funny you should actually say that. This is this is relevant to Strange New Worlds. I was in New Orleans mm. at the start of the year and I stumbled across like this shoe shop Like that sold different types of shoes, boots, and they had the official boots from Strange New Worlds, like that the crew all wear. You didn't buy any. I didn't buy them, but my God, did I go to town on the photos! I've got them. I'll have to send them. I'll post it on like TikTok in the chat. But they look look amazing. But the crew jackets, yes, we need to. Yeah, I'm buying one of those.
1: I say, looking at you, Paramount, two jackets. (laughs) Thank you. Sorry, anyway, back to your point. The wee team are having trouble beaming out because of what?
0: Ion storm. And
1: what happened the last time the original series crew ran into an ion mirror, storm? Mirror, mirror. Mm.
0: We got the like the mirror universe. Mirror universe. So. Which, oh, you get to see Spock, evil Spock yeah. with a mustache. <laughs> it's a good look. It's a strong look. I, I
1: do wonder though if that was a deliberate thing on your point to put them in an ion storm to just to put that there as a wee teaser of what might could have happened, but you know they didn't go down that route because yeah. it's it's so closely related to the original series that they could have played with that if they wanted to
0: I mean this is one thing that I've really really liked about this series is how much there is links back well when I say back to the past it's mm-hmm. their future because we're you know yeah. but there's just so many things that tie in nicely and they've they've done their Star Trek homework as it's well it's weird
1: to think that technically it's a prequel but it's set in the t- same timeline as Discovery you know time Discovery's in the future now it's
0: Time is nothing but a constraint that bears no relevance in this room. It's just there yeah, it's yep. time.
1: But you know what? I wonder. I'm not a massive fan of Discovery. There, mm. I said it right. Season one was good. I kind of liked it. Season two they brought in Pike. Loved it. Season three lost me. After that, I've watched some of them, but I've not really. Did you finish it.
0: four? Or have you not Apparently, for... according
1: to Amazon Prime, I've watched them all, but I don't recall half of the episodes. So yeah. I'll probably try and revisit it just so I can say I've seen it. That way, if I talk about it, I, I've, I can say, well, at least I've watched it, right? With a
0: fresh mind as well, but yeah.
1: they had to put it in the future because they couldn't really have Discovery and Stranger Worlds in the same time zone because it probably would, what would be the point of having two series that are based in the exact same thing, other than for crossovers, which they mm. already did in season two. Yeah. And I think they took what was, they think was probably going to be the... Less liked series and pumped in it in the future so they could really yeah. spend time with the characters of strange new worlds. Yeah. Because I think there's a lot they can do with that going forward, continuing the show mm-hmm. after the loss of Pike. Do they want to continue with the, the new characters of Kirk, Kirk, uh, Kirk Spock, Mahura, um, and other characters they're inevitably going to have to bring in at some point? We've heard Scotty's voice, we haven't seen him. But again, this is not season one, but, what was it season one?
0: I need to. Can't remember.
1: Anyway, we do hear Scotty's voice.
0: Oh, my favourite. one um, of my favourites. I love James Doohan.
1: And they always say there's not been a movie in a while, so they're going to have to get to that at some point. So, yeah. it really becomes interesting to think about where the show's going to go because it you, you're, you're long enough with these characters now that you could appreciate them taking over where Pike has to inevitably go mm-hmm. and then letting those characters start to run longer than what we talked about last time, which was potentially five to ten seasons, they could run it and redo the original series with the new characters because it's not going to be a sudden jump of all these new people because they've been gradually introducing them anyway. So we're already familiar with them now, and by the time we get to that stage, we should be quite comfortable with them as as those characters. So do they make movies? Do they do a spin-off series? It's interesting to see where it's going to go. Um, and that's took us way off tangent. We're <laughs> bring this back. But ion one, Storm. Thing,
0: one thing, though, with Star Trek and, you know, fans listening out there, you need to have good time management skills to watch the show because there's so many different timelines and, yeah. you know, you have to kind of, nothing's linear, so to speak. So, yeah, good time management skills are key mm. for watching Star Trek. So the away team are trying to get back. There's an ion Storm, hammer of manages to get the majority of the team back, Mm -hmm. but Pike and Spock decide to stay and take a look around. The Ion Storm was also in um, how um, Captain Lorca crossed over from the Mirror Universe in Discovery Season 1. Ah, okay. So they've got two. Fair enough. Um, Spock and Pike stay on the planet. Mm Mm-hmm. And the crew that have beamed back up to the Enterprise are acting very, very strange. Now, I did watch a video. Someone was like Ensign Timothy Chamolais because the guy that played the Ensign, I think it was Ensign Lance. I can't remember specifically. Remember. They're mm-hmm. like Ensign Timothy Chamolais because he does actually look very much.
1: I never saw that.
0: It's like Paula Atreides is coming on the, <laughs> for you Dune fans out there. Um, but yeah, they've, they've come back. Mm-hmm. The party's beamed back and they're acting strange towards light. It's like this addiction to light, like they're smashing you know, glass to get to the light, mm-hmm. they're turning the temperature, anything <clears throat> like to just the heat and light, it's, it's strange. And it's ever since they've been on the planet. Mm-hmm. And Dr Mbenga has a look at what's going on and it seems that everybody that's come back has got like severe vitamin D deficiencies. Mm-hmm. It's just kinda went out of hand.
1: Before that happens, though, we do see Una in our quarters.
0: Yeah.
1: <clears throat> She's studying. No, this happens first. what prompts her to look into things, right? Yeah. So her immune system kicks in and destroys the virus.
0: So she gets affected, yeah. but her, because of her blood, you know, yeah. she is able to bypass all the severe symptoms that the rest of yeah. the crew are having. So it started with, the landing party being affected, but this soon spreads. It's like a COVID lockdown mm. on the ship, um, which they probably would have been filming, actually, at that time, would have been around. It would have been post-major lockdown, but still probably, you know, like the stay-back measures and everything.
1: Well, assuming that it took nearly six months to shoot and six months to prep and then come out and all the rest of it, it probably would have been either... Right, bang in the middle of it potentially, or right just before. Yeah. Um, because season one now is what a year or two ago.
0: Yeah. So. So it would have been it would have been the latter stages, but it felt very much like lockdown. So we see, you know, she's craving the heat. She's like, "Oh my god, turn the lights up, turn the brightness up," and she's actually okay, but other people are going absolutely mm-hmm. crazy.
1: I thought it was interesting when she was with Hemmer uh, and we we're talking about running tests and diagnostics and he was saying that it couldn't have been something they brought back because of the transport system didn't recognise it it would have immediately removed it from mm-hmm. the, the, the pattern buffer and sarcastically agrees to do uh, another diagnostic, a level five diagnostic that's going to take most of the day. Mm-hmm. Um which you know he goes off and does. But there's your first little clue as to what's been going on with another character on the ship.
0: But they're setting up. I yeah. thought that was really nice how and we'll go into this, how they set up this character mm. which we've all gone into and there's a bit as well we see una she's starting to do research you know we find out that she is a lady and she has mm. to eventually admit this to the crew but she has a conversation with lanan about the eugenics wars and you know th- this is it goes back to lots of themes of like stereotyping and bullying mm. like Lenan says you know the amount of times i was slated bullied everything because of her heritage obviously her ties to Khan. I, I find
1: this interesting because <laughs> that conversation we're talking about is before she admits to Lan that she's a uh, Illyrian. Yes. So she's explaining that she was called an augment. She, she's just she's her you know a descendant of a mass murderer. Um but her surname is Kan oh, sorry, her surname is nunian Singh, right? Which would indicate direct descendant. Yep. So how did that happen? Because he was punted off long before, as far as knowing any kids were born. So that's an interesting... I'd like to know more about her backstory and how the whole thing... How they're going to tie from it. That. Yeah. How that ties in. Um, unless she's just a family member of Can, Not necessarily not him directly, but one of the family members with the same name. Yeah. But again, I don't know enough about their...
0: I hope they go into the family origins tree. of that. I think they will. I mean, they've touched on it a bit, but I think they'll deep dive it, hopefully.
1: So they've already done an episode in season two where Leanne goes back in time to the, the time when there's creating Karen and the Eugenics War. I think war. it was
0: 1994.
1: Yes, something like that. And at the there's no reason why they couldn't, in theory then, do another time travel episode where we get a bit more information about the family and the origins and how she descended from that lineage. But... Going back to go to Valeria, they have that conversation in the in her quarters, and that's where you can tell there's different sides to the whole augment thing. Yeah, um, she's coming in. At, you know, she's hiding her secret because she knows it's a prejudice in Starfleet. She shouldn't be there. Well, they're banned. They're banned. They're totally banned. Yeah, and she's obviously having to live with the with the stigma of being a descendant of Khan. So, so that's, it's
0: like a trigger point for her, and yeah. you feel that throughout as the episode goes on, any sort of I mean, even when someone says, oh, you know, in the episodes, if someone recognises, oh, your your second name, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's like a trigger point for her. She's not wearing it like a comm badge. It's the it's it's a sore point. So the crew's getting more and more out of hand mm-hmm. with this addiction to light. Spock and Pike are back on the planet and Spock uncovers some journals that mm-hmm. were left by the Illyrians, I would presume. Mm-hmm and as I'm going to call them the fiery ghosts, <laughs> things are starting to get out of hand, the storms raging, you know, we are having to take cover, and we start seeing these, like, fiery, I'm going to call them the fiery ghosts, that's their new name now, fiery ghosts come out, and, yeah, it's kind of bizarre, you think, is that a tie to what's going on in the ship? Mm. You know, because these are, like, light beings, like, what's going on here? And things just get, more and more out of hand.
1: Well, they start trying to come through the door, don't they? And, um, you know, Pike's getting anxious because he knows there's issues on the ship. He can't get back there. Spock's trying to calm him down, but really not helping the situation. (laughs) And uh, then the door starts banging and they try and barricade it um, because he's far ago to try to get in. Then obviously one cuts Spock. Pike comments about the carotid artery when Spock reminds him that his wouldn't be there anyway. Which brings you to a discussion point. They're struggling with the door. He's, Spock is meant to be four or five times stronger than a human.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, he gets knocked away when he gets hit on the neck and Pike just shuts the door. P- so how, the door. how are they both struggling with it? <laughs> and then Pike shuts it when Spock's supposed to be considerably stronger than Pike. That's Does an I, interesting I, 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 I observation. These just little things that people tend to f- they forget about sometimes when they're doing the show that he's meant to be considerably stronger than, a, than the average human. Yeah. So I think these little, these little things get missed and it's probably only people like me that spot that
0: <laughs> it's a good observation because I never even at the time I didn't even it went over my head probably because it, it would, go, it would go over, <laughs> most it's over most people's yeah. heads over most
1: this is the uh, the curse of being a filmmaker you start understanding you stories and the... you spot stupid things like that that probably have no relevance no one's even going to care about but
0: makes a good discussion point yeah
1: if, if they can justify it anyway it's, it's a it's a Minor bugbear. But um, they're back on the ship at this point, aren't they? they um,
0: oh, th- well, one thing as well when the, that they uncover with the journals. So Spock, when he's looking for the journals, they find out that the Illyrians on the planet actually were trying to like demodify themselves to mm-hmm. get accepted into the Federation. Yeah. So there's like this, again, this theme of acceptance, prejudice, stereotype, mm-hmm. you know, it, 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 you feel it throughout.
1: I can't remember if that came at that point or afterwards, but as many mentioned, obviously, the discoveries that they were trying to, as you say, downgrade themselves back to un- unmodified so they yeah. could join the Federation. And they were trying to prove that how much that meant to them by doing this to themselves. But back on the ship, um, and this is what leads to Una's revelation, is that she discovers Hemmer trying to transport part of the planet's
0: <laughs> It's like the mantle. mantle. yeah.
1: <laughs> so he can get close to the light and the heat, which <laughs> she has to stun him. And then just effortlessly picks him up and just... Strolls to sick day with them, that, And that's that when we realise well With yeah. the
0: strength of her I was going to say Like how easily she picked him up You wonder yeah. if that's part Of the genetic modification Like super strength yeah. Because it, honestly It's like picking up a rag doll She literally just Hauls them up there
1: Well it's, you've got to think About <laughs> the daily struggle though For someone to Fit in When you are that strong You yeah. could probably Severely hurt Everybody around you you, you open a without door Without even meaning to <laughs>
0: Handles off
1: You've got to be In a lot of self control To be able to like Maintain any contact with anybody without hurting them or for them to think you're unnaturally strong for, you know, mm. a human woman. Uh, but he gets, she gets sick, obviously, obviously then mentions the fact that she's delirium to Mbenga and this North is Chapel. the big
0: confession point. Cause throughout the episode, you see that she's trying to research mm-hmm. and we catch a bit of that. And then this is a point where she's like, look, this is a secret she's been harboring. Yeah. And the crew, Benga and Nurse Chapel are like, look, if we can use your blood and it can stop this crazy COVID-esque mad light thing. We don't from... care. Yeah. <laughs> we don't care. We're You know, screw Starfleet, basically.
1: One thing I did find interesting, though, is uh, Uhura, in her little quarters, she's got a little bunk bed and she's got other people in the room with her because she's just a cadet and they're obviously suffering from the light, the light virus and she's in pure darkness with her little um, bunk and the, the window thing that closes, which is something that, you know, then uses to learn as to why she didn't get infected when other people did. And, they, you know, discover the turning off the lights will be useful. But what I find interesting there is the link back to things like lower decks. Yeah. They're living on bunks and they're you know, all, the, all the lower ranks are, you know, they don't get a private room to themselves like the officers. So I like how they're tying all these things in. Um,
0: it's the threads. Yeah. I love that.
1: So it, it lets everything link together, which makes sense for season two when we get the you know, the crossover episode of Strange which New Worlds. Which is so good, by the Lord way. <laughs> but um, yeah, that, that revelation obviously helps Una discover how they can help try and stop the, the virus. And that's what they need to do, which is also quite cool as well because you realise there's uh, another floor to sickbee. Oh, did you not want to see that? No,
0: I didn't. Uh, do you know what? Menge
1: says it. We've had to open up the, the extra floor, and then there's a shot where they're standing, running around, and there's a whole of the deck full of people. I totally the...
0: missed that.
1: Oh well, put that in
0: TikTok. I want to see that close <laughs> up of the yeah, second no,
1: floor. Um. So yeah, there's a. It's not. It's, it's just a wide shot, but it's like he's then oh, wow. just talking to Una, and then so in fact we opened up the the second floor, and then there's like you can see the balcony and there's people up there walking around, and
0: I totally so, missed that.
1: But yeah, so and then uh, obviously he mentions to her that he's infected. Um, whatever they're going to do they've got to do it pretty quick but he can't make a cure because her the way her body destroys the virus it's also destroyed any potential antibodies yeah but whilst they're having that discussion a certain Lan Noonan Singh wakes up and heads off to (laughs)
0: uh, the warp core yep so back on the planet the storm is getting out of control now it's like really really like the glass is about to break they're in shelter I mean it's Mm -hmm. touch and go
1: (laughs) well this is when Pike's trying to get really worried about it all and yeah. the fire ghost come back and start really trying to smash fire the ghost. door down.
0: The <laughs> wee fiery ghost. No, but they're, they're,
1: they're trying to get in and smashing the door down and they're obviously uh, unable to stop them at this point Um, just as the storm is about to hit. And of course they come bursting through the door and they wrap the ring, a ring around Spock yep. and the pike as the storm hits and they actually protect them from the storm which is unexpected because they're being so violent and aggressive to get in the room in the first place. Yeah. Uh, and it was at that point actually I realised when you come in they're almost people like
0: yeah the way they move they like
1: a wee head and arms left and, they, and then Fied they kind of <laughs> almost held hands as they surrounded them and created a sort of like shield Like a big hug
0: yeah. Like fiery hug
1: Big fiery warm <laughs> safe hug while they protected them from the uh, the storm and then kind of leave them a little bit and once the storm passes they just kind of leave Yeah Leaving them a little bit like what just happened and then it takes us back to the ship
0: so, Lenan heads to main engineering, so she's trying to deactivate the warp core containment field to get near the heat. Don't mm-hmm. do that. That stuff's dangerous. And this scene in particular harkens back to the original series. They've paid tribute to Space Seed, which is actually our first ever view of Khan. Mm-hmm. And you see as well in that episode, Space Seed, Kirk has a similar encounter with Khan, where they're having a fight near the warp core mm-hmm. and they're wearing the uniforms as you uncovered as well, same colour. Same colour, yeah. So they've done a nice little tribute there.
1: You do not know is that, no?
0: No, I had to read that one up. I, I, oh, I love okay. to make out like I'm a mastermind of Star Trek, but there are things I do have to in fact look up.
1: Uh, I mean, I don't know. There, there's certain things about colours that jump out at me. Yeah, and cinematographer a, right there.
0: Cinema guy. So it, it's,
1: it's struck me obviously she's... Commanding, uh, you know, in the yellow top, and he's in the red, and it just like uh, matches the same. Um, but that there's, I know it was done a long time ago, right? And I'm sure they would do it completely differently now. But you got this guy that's so superiorly st- stronger than Kirk. Because I, I did go and watch the scene eventually after uh, we talked about it, and I just think if he's is so much stronger than Kirk, why didn't he just?
0: pick him up and chuck them <laughs> <him> in the <laughs> yeah it just didn't make any sense that he's, <laughs> him in the he's basically
1: fighting him and Kirk just keeps getting tossed about and then running back and then eventually he beats him because he pulls a little thing out of one of the um, the walls and hits him with it and it's like I'm pretty sure that still wouldn't do a whole lot of damage to somebody that's you know genetically modified to such an yeah. extent but hey ho it was the 60s so
0: I mean the original series they were renowned I mean they always had William Shatner ripping his top off like every second episode it's like there's his top getting ripped again I think that was a huge part of it we'll have a fight but oh we'll just have a few rips in the top here and there I mean that was right, quite iconic fair, to... like, you've got all these
1: women in short skirts they need <laughs> to get him his top <laughs> yeah. off all the time
0: and then next gen you've got men in the short skirts as well it yeah. just goes really crazy but they figured they ironed it out they, they meant well they meant well maybe it didn't doesn't look <laughs> nowadays but they meant well
1: thing is nowadays nobody would even butt an eyelid at that kind of stuff yeah. you see men in skirts in the street and it's yeah. normal so
0: as it should be you know but
1: to go back to the point there it's interesting because obviously they have their, their fight and that's where uh Lan under the, the motivation what's the word they go back to Una and Lan fighting she's under the effects of the virus and she yep. obviously shows her anger towards Una for lying to her not telling her about that she's leader and that yes. she's augmented and how She's a victim of the stigma and the horrible life she's had to, bullying she's incurred at the hands of people who've made fun of her for her descendants because she's not an augment. She's not modified in any way. She's just a normal, let so human. She's so far removed, yeah. yeah. But in the meantime, this person who is genetically modified, who probably understands where the land's coming from, keeps it a secret from her the entire time. And so they engage in a physical fight. And I thought it was quite funny because obviously we see Una quite easily overpower until she gets headbutted and you can see that kind of annoys her a little bit and she's like flings at the floor and just cracks her and knocks her out. Yeah. And again, you know, the warp core radiation becomes extreme and we see her illuminate red and she protects herself from the radiation, but also passively protects land. And that's how they're able to bring the antibodies from her back in sickbay because she her bodies create antibodies based on the, the effect of the protective immune system thing that Una has and Chapel was able to take that and modify uh, an antibody, antivirus for everybody in, on the Enterprise who's suffering from the effects. So it was quite clever the way they, they kind of got to that point in the end. But there was a conversation that Mbanga had with um, Una before he, she put some under about how the Earth was such a prejudiced place mm-hmm. once upon a time, and then they went to space and just found new prejudices, being alien that species and other That was such a powerful line, yeah, actually. I, I did
0: take note of that. That was... Trek is very renowned for, you know, inclusion and diversity mm. and tackling these topics, which is so good because we should be, you know. Yep. And, yeah, I thought that that was quite powerful when he said that.
1: But all in all, the, the day is saved, is cured, and Pike and Spock live to fight another day. And so at this point we discover that the fire ghosts are, in fact, the former Illyrians yeah who have probably succumbed to the virus themselves and then they've run on iron storm to try and get close to that and become somehow modified as they adapt themselves to fit into the planet their bodies are probably self-modified somehow to become part of this iron storm and that's where they but they almost pass over that as a spot points out but it's almost passive and that annoys me because it's kind of a an interesting story point, but mm-hmm. they just go, "Oh, well, this is what happened to them." Anyway, moving on, yeah. and then they go back to the ship and get on with life.
0: It's you know, I thought it was an interesting point as well that they drew parallels with the Genesis device. So the Genesis, Genesis excuse me, the Genesis device is used to uh, modify planets to suit people's needs, whereas the Illyrians mm-hmm. modify themselves to suit a planet's environment. And I thought that was an interesting, again, another link back to Khan, Wrath of Khan. Just, you know, we see the good old Genesis device as well in Picard Season 3.
1: Yeah, I never picked up on it either in this episode, but it makes sense. Um, There's quite a lot of throwbacks to the whole genetics war, augments and modifications. But then there's also a DS9 episode of Dr Bashir, I presume. Where yep. we discover he himself is actually genitally modified. Because as a rather sickly, underwhelming child, his parents decided to take him and get him modified.
0: Something but, he's very much... Yeah. Like, when his parents come to DS9, he's dreading in it. is again, a common sense. Like, there's a common thread of, like, dread, oh my God, you know.
1: Well, you could got to imagine, though, he's obviously living in Starfleet as a doctor, trying to do good, but knowing, he's, you know, he's not really supposed to be there and he's modified and... This is a, a thing that's often shunned, and I mean they make a comment about it. there's not been a case of like this in a hundred years, and I wonder if that's maybe a throwback to Una's case in Starfleet, which again is a season two episode. But um, they they do eventually go full circle with this, and they and they come back to uh to to discuss it as a court case in season two. But that's jumping ahead, and we'll get to season two at some point. Right now we're in season one, <laughs> but I do think there's there's parallels that show throughout multiple series of Star Trek and how eugenics modifications you know, these kind of things are touched upon how even in DS9 times, Dr. Bashir is still embarrassed almost to admit it's what's happening It's like happened a shame, so that, yeah.
0: yeah. It's not something that he's proud of. It. You feel the sense of dread the whole episode. Yep. It's a very good episode. I really, really enjoyed that.
1: But before we get to the end here, right, I do need to point out that Hemmer has obviously been looking at the transport buffer and goes to the sick paint yes, to examine it. This that. is a key point And then Benga the gets angry and tells him to leave it. And then the lights go out and he he's a bit confused because he's like talking about how that shouldn't have happened. And then Benga's like, You're just making things worse, get away. And he's like it's very right, like defensive. And you know, he's not a
0: defensive character. No, he's always so it's it is always just very placid, very nice. So when you see that side, it's like, what's he hiding? Yeah.
1: And I and I, I can't tell. I'm assuming this is going to be done, but it's done really very subtly. Because Hemmer just goes, Okay You've made your point And walks away And now we know he's empathic And he can pick up on things So I wonder if he's meant to be reading That Mbenga's Hiding something And he's reacting He's out of character And he's just being like Alright There's something else going on here I can pick up on it I don't know what But I'm just going to Walk away and- Good
0: point I never You know I never thought of that yeah, well there you go <laughs> That's such an interesting take but, but it's table. not something they
1: make a big song dance about They've made it clear already that he's got this ability to sense And be empathic and understand yep. things So when Mbenga reacts to what he does And he very quickly just goes Alright okay you've made your point and walks away He doesn't turn and go what are you on about He doesn't fight it No he just accepts that Mbenga doesn't mm-hmm. want him there And he leaves it And that comes back later on Once we get to the fact that we discover Mbenga's actually got his daughter In the transport buffer Because she's got of a sickness got an illness. that there's no cure for yeah. and by keeping the transport buffer he can extend her life um, which I have to mention has parallels to the most recent Strange New World episode where Mbenga keeps people in the transport buffer who are on death's door from the Klingon war Yep. Um, and, that, and so there's now a constant element of where he's keeping people in the transport buffer where he really can't save them there and then but in the hope that he can save them in the future and There's also the infamous Next Generation episode where they discover Scotty in the transport buffer. And so we get James Doohan in The Next Generation. So it's not a new concept by any means, but it's certainly um, interesting to see how it it parallels and it's been played with in other episodes and the fact that Mbenga has been using the transport buffer mechanism even during the Klingon War. Now... When did his daughter get sick? Was it before that? Was it after that? Did he already know about the transport buffer now to keep people in there? Is that why he did it with his daughter in the first place? You know who knows. But there's lots of little this parallels that play on that, and it's interesting to think about how all these little threads gets get you know all these seeds get sowed and then they, they continue seeds. to play with them. <laughs> uh, Space seeds. Yeah. So it's well thought out.
0: And as well, another thing you know, um, with that scene, hmm. he says this to Una. Like, you know, it's like, you know, we've uncovered what, you know, you nearly cost everybody Mm -hmm. their lives. What's going on? And she has empathy towards Mbenga the same way that when she goes to Pike and says, look, I'm an Illyrian. Mm -hmm. And he's like...
1: welcome that battle.
0: Welcome that battle. He's just like, listen, you're the best damn first officer. You know, he's... Well, you have to be. She does modified. (laughs) (laughs) True point. You don't get better than that. Yeah. so you see her very much having the same sort of empathy and, like, not, you know, mm. it's like, look, we'll keep this we'll keep this cool just now. Just don't let it happen again where mm. everyone's at risk. But one little Easter egg as well I want to point out because I've, I actually came across this earlier and it blew my mind. So you know there's a bit where lin and and um, Una are talking, and it's like, look... They're trying to patch things up. that had that brawl. The strawberries. In the, with the strawberries. Yeah. Apparently, the reason for the choice of strawberries, right, was because that year, so the, that would have been 2022?
1: I guess. I <laughs> don't know.
0: Tell us in the comments. They'd done the first ever, they'd created the first ever genetically modified strawberries. So it was Did like they? a little tie-in with that. Okay. Modification. There
1: you go. I don't I didn't know that <laughs> either. So, you, you know, you're learning something every day. This is it. But, um... Yeah I mean that kind of wraps up the episode I guess but I think um, it's a good you know you're getting this is the thing with every season one you always have to have the character based episodes because you're learning about those characters and getting a bit more about their stories we've had you know Uhura we've had Una we've had Pike I guess in episode one yep Um, Spock kind of got his backstory in Discovery I guess at this point if you've seen Discovery you kind of know how he's got to where he's got to yep and his story will unfold further as we go anyway but um overall, as an episode though, it's probably the weakest of the first three, I would say. I yeah. enjoyed it. I do think certain aspects which really cool to explore got a bit rushed over. Um I'd probably give this one a three.
0: I've got a copy. I was gonna say No, I'll do three point two five.
1: Oh, okay. Just to be awkward. Just to
0: be a, a smart Alec. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, but I, I think it's a three. It's a, it's a mid-level episode. And I think you're going to find the first two are always pretty strong and then you start to get a little bit weaker then you get strong again. That's standard TV. Yeah, but it, was still, your... it
0: was still, you know, yeah. a really good episode. Um, the best stuff
1: comes at the beginning, at the end, and all the bits in the middle are, are filler.
0: Yeah. So. And another actual theme within the episode was darkness versus light.
1: True. Yeah, that's an interesting point.
0: Which I thought was a nice tie-in.
1: Well, the darkness won, technically. Darkness won, yeah. So...
0: Fiery Ghosts, sorry. Well, uh, <laughs> I liked the Fiery Ghosts, they were cool. They well, did say they didn't the mean any
1: harm, they were just trying to be friends. <laughs> they were like,
0: hey, you know, we're pals, that's um,
1: But no, it was a three, I think, for me.
0: No Star Trek news. So Paramount exec, uh, well, a Paramount exec, has claimed that it's not the end for Prodigy. So I wasn't sure if Prodigy had got a season two, but it was only a season one. Again, mm. we discussed this in episode one of Trap. We've both not really entertained it because it's a kids' programme. Tell us otherwise in the comments. Tell us why we should watch Prodigy. And you never know, we might end up reviewing it. Yeah. <laughs> Stuart says <Siles>, reluctant. <laughs> I don't know. I,
1: I, think I've, I think I said before I had to look at it and it didn't jump out at me. I thought you'd have looked at it because I had more Jamie's in it.
0: Yeah I mean I love Janeway yeah, Kate so. Mulgrew I mean I'm a Janeway fan Well she's
1: apparently last thing I saw about her she's no longer involved in Prodigy she pulled out Oh really? But that was when they were discussing it being not renewed so I don't know oh, if, that, maybe if, that she's if that was just, just... something um maybe We'll see I mean the writer strike's still kicking on there's still those issues there and I'd imagine if there's a show that's up in the air just now and again it you know, plays back to the, the one back in 2013-14 a lot of shows just got cancelled because the writers were gone and there was much time between that and new shows getting Just written there's a lot and episodes, going on yeah, it, you know, while they're saying they don't plan to cancel it I mean it is animated so it can be put on hold and they can yeah. come back to it but we'll see time will tell I still haven't seen it yet and maybe it's good news for those fans of the show But tell
0: us why we should watch Prodigy for the fans out there tell us why what makes it good if we have any fans of Prodigy that follow us on our channels tell us why we should watch it as well, we've got Lord Dex season four. So,
1: so you've disappointed me here because <gasps> season four trailer dropped at the same time you did the crossover episode. Now Croatia. I will give you that you are in Croatia with no
0: Wi Fi. I might add, no Wi Fi, no Wi Fi,
1: dying from heat exhaustion because you're a vampire. Exactly. But <laughs> you've had a few days to have watched it, I
0: know. and
1: I'm a little bit sad this to learn is where that you haven't. everyone
0: blocks me. If
1: you call yourself a fan. But no, they brought it to season four, and I thought the trailer looked awesome. I'm looking forward to I'm gonna, gonna to have
0: that. to minute I get in, I'm gonna do that.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna it's... name and shame you on TikTok.
0: <gasps> on Getting named and shamed, but it says it talks Ferengi love, Voyager goo, Orion knives, and more so that sounds like we're in for a ride. and
1: and even in the trailer they mentioned that the pike thing they can't talk about
0: (laughs) the pike can't talk about that
1: (laughs) um, which brings us nicely to not news as such but the crossover episode we won't go too much into detail because again we're going to get to that when we get to season 2 but loved it thought it was handled really well and the animated opening
0: titles oh I loved that you put a clip of that on our TikTok which you can go and check out that was really nice we'll link
1: it in our video description
0: link in description but yeah, no, that was a great. I I hope they do more crossover episodes like that because I felt that really worked.
1: It did, but it becomes a novelty, and if you take the take it through too much of it, yeah. it loses the appeal. And I think they've done it once; it was done well. I don't think they can do it again. And of course, we had Jonathan Frakes directing the episode, so we had a good oh, mixture. I didn't know that. Yeah, oh. so we had a good. We had Jonathan Frakes directing it. We had the good sort of slightly more serious tone of Strange New Worlds with the comedy value of Lower Um It was just handled really well, and I thought as an as an episode, it was fun, and that's what Star Trek should be.
0: So. Do you think they would ever... I was thinking this as I watched the crossover episode. Do you think they would ever maybe even do a limited run of live action for Lower Decks? Because Tony and uh, Jack Quaid are... Mm. I think they're broke. Like, when you see them, like the actors mm. out of the cartoon, they they feel like those characters. Yeah. They feel exactly like it.
1: They even gave with the purple hair. Did you I that? know? I <laughs> know.
0: I thought that was ace.
1: I don't know. I, I think... It's, it's, it's too costly yeah. to be having another, so good another live though. action. It was so good, but it works in small amounts. And I Maybe. think and I think if they don't, if they move away from the cartoon aspect of it, they can't have the same freedom they would have, you know, animating certain things. They wouldn't have that same freedom in live action. And it would cost more money to make those things become a reality. So again, yeah. this is where the, the filmmaker hat comes on. I would probably say no, we're not going to see many more live action stuff of lord Dex, but i don't think we need to i think lord x itself is, it was, is good enough
0: it's so do you know what it's one of these series that i absolutely love it's star trek but it's light-hearted it's you know the canon in it and everything it's just great i really really do love lord x we're fans of lord x on this show and my last bit of news that i have just now is uh, a sneak peek has dropped of discovery season five so I'll need to check that out as well. I've been away, again, melting in the heat, mm. and now I need to catch up on all my Trek stuff.
1: So there's also been a sneak peek of the next Stranger World episodes. and we're going to get Star Trek's first musical.
0: <gasps> I know. Which,
1: for you, being a big music buff, you are probably <laughs> love that. Um, but bringing you back to Discovery, I I mentioned already that I'm not a huge fan of it. I will say, although I do think rue. Is a really cool character. And oh, I think he
0: Doug Jones.
1: Doug Jones, yeah, but he should have been captain. Because he would have been the first alien captain in a major Star Trek series. Because you have had Kirk, Pike, Janeway, Picard, Sisko, Archer, all humans, right? Um, there's been obviously other characters within that who've been who've been um male, female, whatever, but there's been no actual alien Captains leading the show, and if, since it's supposed to be about diversity and all these other things, right? You can't get much more diverse than a alien species. that's, you know we got these other things, and I think I think they missed a the trick there. And I think by bringing you know a, a prisoner who was in jail for mutiny and making her captain and giving her all these powers and making her this almost too perfect a to character, she's great at everything. She's better than everybody. I, I I guess that's part of the the appeal that's lost on me that she's she's not every other captain needed their crew. She's almost. She, she's so quick to just. I'll do it myself. and Goes off and does it. She's
0: very independent. Yeah, and but very... not in a good
1: way. She's. 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 Th- th- these I mean, are I do like, like Michael Burnham. Place. I
0: am a Discovery fan. Like I did love season one and two, mm. particularly yeah, of, one, two. of two Discovery. Two um, season three and four, I, I still enjoyed. And I, I'm looking. Mm. You know, this is their last one. Then they're wrapping it up. Yeah. Um. So it'll be interesting to see how that story concludes. Like what happens there. You know. And I, I keep if forgetting come back. That, that she's Spock's sister, it just it hits me yeah. at random moments that that was a an yeah. interesting tie, and I don't know uh, did it work, did it not? No, you know, I I don't know. I'm on the fence. I'm.
1: I think they were just I'm trying neutral. to make her character I'm ne- relevant. I'm
0: neutral zone.
1: It was a new character. They're trying to make her relevant by having her links to the original series yeah. main characters, especially considering there was obviously the crossover with Spock and her and him. Her trying to help him out and various things. I. I um, Season five is the last one. They're going to have to, they'll, they'll go out with the bang, I reckon. I, yeah, I I'm curious so. to see if they'll, if they'll end up somewhere back in the normal timeline or if they're going to remain in the future and Discovery is going to be destroyed and therefore the technology that, that Discovery houses is gone. Yeah, I know they've, you know, modified things with the future tech and all the rest of it, but I don't know. I, I will watch it. Um, the Shroom
0: Drive. Yeah. <laughs> the tardigrade as well.
1: Yeah. I, I, I will watch it. I just, I don't know doesn't get me as excited as strange new worlds
0: no strange new worlds again we said this in a previous episode this is our third episode third time lucky mm. so they say um that you know strange new worlds is one of the best things to happen to star trek in a long time yeah. and it feels the most trick thing that we've had in a long time
1: i think Picard season three and yeah there's some plot holes, but Picard season three and strange New worlds are the best star trek yeah, we've, we've had since probably Voyager DS9.
0: We've been spoiled. Yeah,
1: not to say that. Uh, yeah, we digress as always. But <laughs> so that's the last of the news. Which a couple of things I want to talk about. Not start Trek news necessarily, but what do you make of this whole Congress thing with the aliens in the in America? I
0: love it. I feel like they're calling me home. <laughs> I came back, and this was actually. Announced it was a day after, so it was announced. I think it was the 26th of July. My birthday is the 27th of July, and I remember coming home and obviously I had no Wi-Fi or deal when I was over there, which was so annoying. And I had so many friends message me, aliens, 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 and I was like, oh, they've come to take me back. So I'm really I'm delighted with it. I mean, I feel like they've always been here. Um, they've always existed. What's your thoughts on the? Congress thing I think I mean I think it's great I'd seen the Stephen Greer stuff before but this feels well you know like there's a lot really of rabbit
1: holes right and there's a lot of things you can look at on YouTube and there's Ancient Aliens the old TV I show that, that
0: you I'd, know what I love yeah, that show I enjoy
1: it too but I'm open minded to a lot of things but and I, I said I think before you've you got to be pretty naive to believe that
0: it. it's We're just the only us. life that's out there
1: but I still would need to see a bit of proof like show me an alien show me an actual alien Show me I don't uh, think
0: they ever would though I think they're well they're going so... to have to eventually
1: I mean the whole point is they're trying to tell tell us that they, these things are there and they, they exist so if they're going to open up the discussion about it they'll have to they'll have to at some point just say well, well here you go then true. this is what you wanted and I think it goes back to what we were saying before but we don't think the world's ready and I don't think it is but I do think that if it's, it's going to happen eventually and there's a lot of stuff going in the world so maybe this is what we need to actually bring us back around and and to becoming a more united world and less less hating
0: well this was a funny thing that I seen on TikTok actually it was like it was I think it was a comedian guy I don't know the specifics Mm. of it but he was like news just dropped aliens potential aliens it's like kids today on their phones on TikTok yeah okay there wasn't like any sort of massive outcry I (laughs) I was like we are kind of in that culture like imagine This sort of news had come out in the nineties. Oh, people were having parties on rooftops. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, which I'm pretty sure is an Independence Day. But um, (laughs) yeah, they're all like, "Take me up," and then they zap them. That'd
0: be me. That'd be me. I'm like, I'm ready to come home.
1: Yeah, but no. um, You wanted to ask about transport technology?
0: Yes. So we want what we like to do in our episodes as well is bring Star Trek into real life. So let's think of you know transport or technology. Would you get in a transporter? Yes or no? No. Why?
1: Because I saw the fly, <laughs> and it ruined teleportation. <laughs> it ruined everything. Because there's nothing worse than a mark than a brundle fly. You know, yeah. you, you wouldn't want to be half fly, half human. Now, oh. okay, now I understand that it's our check. They scan your pattern. If something shouldn't be in there, it removes it from the the pattern. So there's a lot of things going on there. But there's also, uh, it's not. The Star Trek motion picture there's a transport accident,
0: yeah, there's definitely and been. there's
1: twovix where Neelix and Tuvik become merged somehow, and there's like and
0: Janeway's like Oop. yeah, <laughs> yeah and so,
1: so there are scenarios throughout <laughs> Star Trek history where the transport has created problems, um so it's not a flawless technology, even then um and the idea of being completely like shattered into atoms and then reassembled. I remember reading something years ago about it, and they were saying essentially every time you get transported, they kill you, clone you, yeah. This is and it, you die, you. yeah, yeah, you die, and then you because you're shattered into into like molecules, and then basically they just reprint you, so you're cloned essentially. So the first time you went into a, a transport transport, you're killed, and every version <laughs> of you thereafter is just a clone of yourself. Um, and so I don't know; it just seems like a technology. that seems it's cool to think about. I don't know if I'd want to step into a, a, a transporter. And, See uh, for
0: me. There is a time I would want to like, step in a transporter mm. and it's when I'm stuck at an airport in between gigs. And if I had an option just to beam somewhere or just get there quicker, I think I'd be like, just kill me now and bring me back to life because <laughs> the delays are so bad. Yeah. So there is times where I'm like, God, beam me up. I wish we mm. could, you know. Which, you know, actually, speaking of that, you know in the original series, this is a Mandela effect, mm-hmm. Captain Kirk never actually says, beam me up, Scotty. He never its says variations on that But he doesn't actually say Beam me up Scotty That
1: doesn't surprise me But Yeah you're right It's a Mandela thing Do you Mandela. think It comes from somewhere um, yeah. And you think it's probably In his head at some point But it's like Lots of, lots of stuff in, in television you, You've you've got the idea of like oh, "Look, I'm your father And it's like That's not even how he says it you know, I know That's you even know, on you, cards but you, but you get it Yeah you get it in your head but And that's how you repeat it To millions of people Repeat it wrong Yeah And then they're adamant And that that's what it and is And then it just sticks know? But uh, no, to go back to transportation, I, I've seen. I was very young, right, and the, when I first saw the original fly, and I always remember him being, you know, in the web,
0: and oh. the spider
1: coming to get him, and he's like,
0: "Help me!" And
1: then the little, <laughs> that, that,
0: that stuck. Yeah,
1: and it stuck. It did. I always had this fear Pun of, like, unintended. Yeah, you're, you're, you're letting yourself be obliterated and then reassembled.
0: Exactly. It's like Lego.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so no I, I don't know i think if there's someone tomorrow there's a teleporter we can get you to australia tomorrow like that we'd jump in a bit nah no i wouldn't i'd wait and see how things went for a little while maybe one day I yeah but if, if be jumped you know four or five hundred four or even several thousand years in the future and that technology like that and if people would just use it on a day-to-day basis and it's standard maybe i'd be less scared to use it be or, like people
0: getting it i mean obviously it's a bit of a difference but like people mm-hmm. back in the day Getting into a car, maybe at one point that would have been like, "Oh my god!" Well, you even
1: a plane—you can imagine a plane, yeah, exactly. Like,
0: "Oh my god!" Forty
1: thousand feet in the air in a metal canister <laughs> with huge amounts of jet fuel.
0: I feel so good about my next gig. We'd yeah. have to fly, but
1: it still to save it's still the safest mode of transport. So, yeah, not for me.
0: No, it's it's not for me, but if you ask me when I'm jet-lagged and I've got long-haul flights in between gigs, then I would be like, get me on the damn thing. Just give me a shuttlecraft. <laughs> Just get me on it! But, yeah. Yeah,
1: no, I'm, I'm a shuttlecraft man. Shuttlecraft. Yeah. Anything else?
0: So I think that wraps us up for this week. I know you were gonna talk about uh, Universal Soldier as well. Oh yeah. So we want to ask a question to our bit of a random
1: thing. Yeah. So we were having a debate with a friend of mine about or our mutual acquaintance of ours, yep. About sci-fi versus movies and how films have different genres. Um usually one overarching genre, then there's multiple genres in amongst that. And one of the main films that got mentioned was Act Universal Soldier. Now, I grew up watching Van Damme, Schwarzenegger, Stallone, all these you know guys on television. So when I hear Universal Soldier immediately I think it's an action movie because there's fight scenes and war scenes and explosions and car chases and all sorts. But yes, I suppose inherently there are sci-fi elements throughout the film because you've got soldiers getting reanimated from the dead and then there are super soldiers and all the rest of it. Which also ties back to um, you know, the, the recent episode of Star Trek because they all seem to have super serums, but again, jumping the gun. <laughs> so my question is, Universal Soldier, is it a sci-fi or an action movie? Leave your comment. Tell us what you think. Your job for next week is to watch Universal Soldier. I'm going to watch it. And then we'll discuss it next week and we'll toy up the answers in the comments and we'll make an official trap announcement declaring whether Universal Soldier is a sci-fi or an action movie. And this might be a a new ongoing thing we do, (laughs) sci-fi or not,
0: from here on out. Sci-fi or not. So that wraps us up for this week's episode. Um, We'll, just, we'll be looking at Season 1, Episode 4 of Strange New Worlds. I've Natasha and...
1: I'm Stuart. And as always, you can follow us on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. All the notes are below in the description. And we'd love to hear from the fans and comments about the show, what you think, things we could do to improve. And, you know, hit us up, say hi. We won't bite, honestly. She's a vampire, but...
0: <laughs> I promise I won't bite. I just look like I would, but I won't.
1: So until next time... <laughs>